Welcome to the Pastors Podcast. This is Pastor Scott, and with me are Pastors Brian and Matt. Hello. Hey. Back together again. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's been a I feel like it's been a little while since we've done this. It's a few been weeks, a while since I could hold my head up high. Stained. <laughs> I, I, I thoroughly appreciate. Right I th- yeah, I thoroughly appreciate. <laughs> The, the the playing of I guess when this is uh, listened to it'll be a, a couple of weeks ago but the the playing of your singing during the service I appreciated that yeah absolutely absolutely apparently the kids who were doing junior church stopped and listened and thought something was wrong when they were doing junior church they <laughs> oh, could hear in, it in the out in the outdoor service yeah in the outdoor service they could hear it and they were wondering what was going on and then apparently <laughs> then they realized it was me singing and after I finished. They thought it was me singing live, but after I finished, they clapped in the junior church. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was pretty cool. Uh, I feel loved. <laughs> I appreciate that. Some, I thought you were going to use my singing. I know. Some people said, what about, um, <laughs> you are here. That. Yeah. It could have been that. But no, I save my jabs at other pastors in the sermon for one person only. That'd be me. That would be Brian. <laughs> <laughs> We're still waiting for him to miss a note is the problem. Easy <laughs> Just target. like one note. Oh, they're on. there. <laughs> oh, they're there. Uh, my sermon started with Brian is frail. So That was his opening line. <laughs> his the, op- op- the opening line. I got legitimate text messages from people saying like, are you okay? Like, like they were worried that Matt was filling in for me because something else <laughs> happened. Something else. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's how on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Every time, like, remember uh, last week when I, we, I saw that little mark on your head, I was worried that something really serious happened. <laughs> do, I, yeah. do we need to start, like, every sermon by, like, Brian's okay. Brian's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Brian survived this week. And you see, like, a sign behind you. There have been, like, zero days since Brian's last injury. <laughs> <laughs> that... Would be and really one day, number one of you gets up, erases yeah. the number and writes zero. <laughs> number of days since Brian for our God's activity this week. <laughs> Did you got, you Once again, just, God smote. That was Brian. a pretty nice Did shot. Did you see? I you saw the shot. I there, I there was a crumb on the table here. Yep. And I was like, oh, this is. And I just threw it, almost not looking. The trash can's like at least ten feet away. Uh, yeah. And I, I was, you know, I was, I felt a little bit bad of it as I was doing. It. I'm like, I'm gonna have to pick this up later. But it went in. Not a big trash can. Just Note now, that. while Second, we were recording. March, it's a small March trash madness, can. baby. Well, just think what the crumb density. Like, a crumb is, you got to take a lot of variables into consideration as you throw it. There's the a lot of variables, yeah. Not a lot of wind in here, but nevertheless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that's, I'm really impressed. March madness. This yeah. Is exact, this is March pastor's madness. March madness. This is, uh, you know, I will say it must be riveting for those hearing us talk about something they can't see and <laughs> can't verify that it actually happened. You throwing a crumb into a trash can. <laughs> I mean, I, I was I was disproportionately excited about it. Yeah, and it just had to share. Yeah. I think the concept that we would have concocted that story, <laughs> like, like you know what, you know what we really need to do is make Scott look good. Let's see if we can come up with a story. It's an abject lie that he sank a crumb oh, into oh, a garbage oh, can oh, ten oh, feet away. Oh, oh, wait, 
I don't know if you saw this, but uh, you guys can't see it at home, but Brian just made a paper airplane and he threw it from outside the window and it, oh my gosh, it landed on the back of a bird that was flying. That's the best throw I've ever seen in my life. See, just like that. That's, yeah. We could do this all day. Oh, wait, guys. Wait, you know what just happened? Two truths and a lie. All right. As, 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 as fun as that would be, that's the, the was not the purpose of our podcast today. What are we doing, Scotty? We are, it is Easter week, Holy Week, as it's sometimes called. Um, we are preparing to celebrate Good Friday. This Friday, this coming Friday, we are preparing to celebrate Easter this coming Sunday. And I figured we'd just take an opportunity to talk a little bit about why, why we celebrate these holidays and why they're of such significant to us. I mean, it, in one sense, it, I think it's obvious, right? I go, okay, it's the, it's the death of Jesus and it's his resurrection. Um, but, but why on these days, you know, you, at some point somebody's like, well, okay, do we, do we know the actual like day? Like, is this, you know, what, why take time out each year to remember, to celebrate? We, I mean, maybe even just start personally for the two of you, what is this celebration meant historically to you? And what, what does it mean to you even as you think about it this year? I, so the church I grew up in always had a good Friday service um, and actually had a Maundy Thursday service. I grew up in a Lutheran church. Not Did Monday, it, Thursday, not Monday, Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Maundy. Maundy. Yeah. Which, what does that mean? Does it mean something? Uh, Latin mandatum, oh, no. which means uh, I want to oh. say it's new <laughs> commandment, like mandate. Like new commandment I give I, you? I, yeah, that's what I thought it was. Oh, because it's a foot washing ceremony. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So they would always Love do one foot another, washing. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I think is, I think it's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Um, I always think it's funny. Uh, this is not a criticism, but I always think it's funny when people like wash each other's feet at a, at a wedding. Like your feet never been cleaner. Like. <laughs> than that day? Yeah. Yeah. Like you just like got all gussied up. You're like, your feet probably smell like roses and you're washing each other's feet. Like you need to wash each other's feet when it's gritty and dirty. Maundy Thursday was like that. They just picked random people. You don't know what their feet are like. It's crazy. I, I think if you want to wash your feet at a wedding, you should do it at the end of the reception. Oh, after the dancing and stuff. After the dancing. Yeah. When, when, the, that's bri the, time. when the bride has flats on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would, that's a good call. Anyway. So <laughs> Holy Week for me, we, uh, we would, we would go to church on Monday, Thursday, Monday, Thursday. And, and I always thought it was interesting, like the foot washing aspect of it, mm -hmm. just as a, like a physical in life, real life demonstration of um, what Jesus did with the disciples. And then Good Friday for me was always, um, it's always like a somber. It's always, it was always, I, I, I remember as a kid feeling maybe confused by it at first. Hmm. Um, it felt like a funeral. It's like a lot about death. And it was, uh, I think it was formative in some ways for me to understand the gravity of what actually happens on the cross. Yeah. You know, we talk about the cross a lot. Um, but the idea of like actually Jesus actually dying on the cross, I'll, I'll tell you the thing that, uh, when we did it, um, historically at, at Cornerstone, the way that we've done it is we've done readings through, like uh, mm -hmm. readings through the the uh, gospel accounts, basically of the, um, uh, you know, uh, betrayal and, and the uh, arrest and uh, the trial of Jesus and then the, the cross. Um, there's always 
something about the way that uh, we did it and something about that day that humanizes the reality of the death of Christ for me. Mm. Um, and so Good Friday has always been really instrumental. I, I like I I'm always struck by the account and you know, maybe I'm sharing a lot more than you even asked, but I'm always struck by the account where they they punch Jesus, mm. they strike him. Because there's something about that that feels so real, like you can envision it. Like a, I've never seen a crucifixion, mm-hmm. obviously horrific and a lot of blood, it's just a terrible thing. But like the, like the idea that the God of the universe came to earth, took on human flesh, and then was unjustly like punched in the face mm. and spit on for my sake, that always struck me really, really powerfully on that uh, in this Good Friday story, the the retelling of the 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 story of Good Friday, um, and then Easter obviously is a huge celebration. So I, I these are always been really formative for my understanding of the gospel. Yeah. Um, and over the last few years, I think especially have really deepened my understanding and and appreciation for the cross and everything that Christ has done for us. Hmm. I mean, the, yeah. There's I, I didn't grow up going to those services. Um, I think we were at a lot of Easter's, but that was, unless I'm not remembering, right? I, I feel like that was hit or miss, yeah. um, until Is that college. a Lutheran thing, the Monday Thursday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were in a PCUSA church, like a Presbyterian, and so they might have done them and we didn't go. They I might see. not have done them. I mean, it was, you know, uh, a church that wasn't like high liturgy. Gotcha. Um, and so, yeah, we didn't, uh, so my like early memories, I don't have a lot of those. So I came to, to think of them as like regular things and parts of kind of my yearly life, like in college and probably usually after college, it might've even been like shoreline, like planning the church was mm-hmm. like, Hey, good Friday sounds like a good idea. <laughs> like we mm-hmm. should do that in Scott's apartment. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, so yeah, it, it, uh, it was different for me to try and map like this week of Jesus's life onto mine in some way, shape or form, not to make it like totally individual, but like that was the idea was sort of, we're taking time aside to reflect on this. And in so doing to kind of say, okay, how does this have enough implications and ramifications to warrant this kind of meditation, right? Like like there's something to be said for like the fact that we're doing it at all and saying, let's take time out and just think about it communicates that there's enough here to think about that matters. Yeah. And that there's a way of not taking that time and therefore missing things that actually do matter. Mm-hmm. And so I think in a lot of ways, that was my experience is coming to kind of go, how does this matter? And then, I mean, in a very personal way, like as, as a pastor trying to juggle putting the service on because <laughs> mm-hmm. Easter for us, and that's not really here or there for most of you listening, but for like us, logis- it's just like logistics? a busy week. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like one of the busiest weeks of the year in terms of like logistics and planning and execution and volunteers and music and like all these things that we want to do for these reasons. But so in a very personal kind of way, it's like, for me, it's always trying to go, how do I, how can I balance that? So it's not just kind of getting, executing those plans, but also participating in this thing that we're doing for, for a very important reason. Yeah. You know, I kind of feel like I backed into an appreciation for the church calendar. Um, Growing up in the Lutheran church, they had readings that would cycle maybe once a year, maybe ABC. every three years. Yeah. yeah. And um, in addition to that, there were these seasons, right? Like the season of Lent, the season of 
Pentecost. Usually, about, usually change what color the stole was on that, the pastor. W- which was pretty much what my understanding of it was. Right. And so I didn't, I, I was like, oh, okay, like, I guess, you know. Like, when's Christmas? That's the one I want to know about. <laughs> I, I felt, I felt like it, it was like, okay, I guess this gives us a sense of seasons here in California when like the weather doesn't drastically change, you know, we need something to kind of, to work with. But, you know, it, it wasn't until, I, I feel like I backed into it with my kids as I was thinking through how to just teach and disciple and shape my kids. When I would sit back and pray about that long term, I, I would recognize that there were there were things that needed to be taught like daily, right? Daily reminders. There were things that needed to be taught weekly as opportunities came up. But I I came to realize that th- there were certain either topics or things that just needed to be taught or needed attention kind of on a on a yearly basis. Um, and that conviction came from simply saying it. Uh, I mean, take even even the take the birds and the bees conversation with your kids, right? Like sometimes people think about it as a conversation, right? This like one thing, and and we all learn as our kids grow up that wait, there's not one conversation, right, where you help your kids understand how God created uh, men and women. Do you call it the birds and the bees to your kids? No, I don't. Okay, I I, I, I was I all of a sudden didn't know. Exactly the word sex. I just wanted to say birds and bees. Okay, (laughs) we can get into where that came from. Um, Because I think the the listenership of the podcast might go up drastically if you just say the word sex. I think what's funny about this is that this is very indicative of both of your personalities. (laughs) (laughs) Scott is searching for a helpful euphemism, and Matt is decidedly not. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, So. So anyway, the, the point being, it, it needs to be a series of conversations. And it's the type of thing you're like, you know, if we haven't talked about it for a year, we probably need to talk about it, yeah. right? And it's not just that, right? It's, it's responsibility and work ethic. It's um, their relationship with God and reading the Bible. It's, it's understanding, right? There need to be regular uh, reminders. But if we haven't like really dug in and had it, talked about this in a year, it's probably been too long. And that... And so I, I just kind of scheduled out as I do um, topics for different months, and it made me realize I was like, oh, this is why historically, for large swaths of church history, there's been this calendar that said, hey, you should be talking about these things regularly, but it's going to help your relationship with the Lord. It's going to help your faith. It's help your reminders if if you t- periodically take time to stop in the midst of your year and remember, celebrate, think deeply. And, and, you know, you, you might say, um, oh my gosh, like I was reading a book or had a conversation, was meditating deeply on the power and significance of the cross in February this year. (laughs) Right. Awesome. That's great. Like this is kind of a bonus celebration in that sense. But at the same time, the rhythm that, these celebrations provide, I think catch most, most of us going, oh, okay, yeah, I, I've been thinking about the cross, but I haven't stopped to think deeply about it, to really meditate on the impact of it in a while. And um, that's where the, these celebrations, and I think the, the opportunity of Good Friday um, <clears throat> provides that for all of us 
as individuals, but also as a church family to, to stop and, and, and celebrate that together. Um, what about, what about Easter, right? These things are kind of paired together. And interestingly, I think in our faith and in, in a lot of our conversations, even if you were to tell somebody what the gospel is, if you're going to explain to somebody what the gospel, the death of Jesus and his payment for our sins is everyone would say, well, yeah, that, that has to be there. Um, I think that sometimes if you ask somebody to explain the gospel, the necessary components of the good news of Jesus, almost everybody would say the death of Jesus has to be there. But I also think that sometimes uh, some people would forget that the resurrection needs to be there, right? That, that, oh wait, if I'm going to tell you the good news of Jesus, that he rose from the dead. I mean, in, in one sense, it's kind of like the, the cap off of the real meaty thing, which is the cross. But the resurrection wasn't just like the follow-up, right? It, it's a necessary component of the gospel message itself. And, and as such, the celebration of Good Friday and Easter isn't just a celebration of the cross and what came after, right? It's a celebration of the cross and a celebrate of the resurrection. Um, aside from all the just kind of cultural things that come from Easter, what is a celebration of the resurrection? mean for you there's a whole lot there um one thing off the bat that we should probably say is that the reason why someone would not not place the resurrection as you probably shouldn't rank these things but like you know like there's the cross and then the resurrection sort of um one of the reasons you shouldn't do that is because the gospel is not uh, the question, how are we saved from our sins or how are we, or how am I saved? Mm. The gospel is what God has done to save us and unite all things in him. Mm. Um, so there's a, there's a God centeredness to what he's doing. Like we, he, he's the fulcrum around which all this rotates. And so his incarnation, his crucifixion, his being Jesus, the second person of, uh, of God, like the, his resurrection, his ascension, his intercession right now for us at the right hand of the father, having sat down his return. These aren't things you can sort of take out and say, well, one of these is really important. Mm. Um, this is the, this is the, this is God, the God who's there, um, that we're talking about. And so we're rotating around what he's done and we are fitting into his plan to unite all things in him. He's not sort of doing things that we can sort of parse out and rank and, and say, well, this one applies to me more, more uh, in this moment. So I'm just going to go with that. Like he's a whole person. And he's he's God. And so like there's ways in which we. One of the problems is we've just been taught to think poorly about all this in general, um, and we don't think about God as someone who's has a plan from before the foundation of the world um, that is doing all of these things inside of His manifold wisdom. I mean, there's just like all these things that we don't think about, and we read the Bible and sort of pick out the parts that say. Here's where he died for our sins. Um, and we don't really see that as caught up in any of the other things that are right around those verses. Yeah. So like that's one thing. So celebrating Easter then is a kind of really interesting assertion that what is beautiful and amazing about God is not simply this one act that he did, though that is in, in some ways the locus of our, sorry, the, the, 
the center, the, the fixed point of uh, where our sins were paid for. If you're going to ask that question, then that the answer is on the cross, yeah. right? It, but but what that means about who God is and what he has done and is doing in the good news of his person and work is like a lot. Bit, so Easter is this sort of like assertion of the triumphant lordship of Jesus Christ, not just in making sure that I don't have to die eternally, but in him being victorious in his plans for his world that he made and catching me up in those plans as a part of something that is cosmic in scope and eternal in duration. It's just these really massive, and, and we, I make it keep going, but just that alone is like Easter is a recentering of who God is and what he's done around himself and mm. not around us. And the fact that that actually then turns and means that we now serve a victorious Lord who has larger plans than we could make for ourselves and wants to catch us up into those things. And in some ways, like in, in Ephesians, uh, which I'm in a class on right now, you have this really weird, uh, in chapter one, Paul talks about how Christ is, is raised and seated. Um, and so this emphasis on the resurrection, the ascension. And then right in chapter two, after the but God, you know, but, but God, we're dead in our trespasses, but God, you know, by grace, there's, we have been raised and seated. Mm. Like, so his, Easter is this kind of amazing conception of the fact that we as believers have been caught up in Christ, not just in the fact that he paid for our sins, but that his new life is our new life in a whole lot of dimensions. And that's just a beautiful, intricate, awe-inspiring kind of moment that's very celebratory. And so that's, to me, that's where Easter becomes very important when we tend to focus on the cross a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's such a, it's such a powerful thought to consider because obviously we want our sins to be paid for. And obviously the cross is the place Christ does that, substitutes for us. But we also need his righteousness, which he gives to us on account of his active righteousness that he lived out while he was alive on the earth, right? He was righteous in the way that he lived and gives us that righteousness. We also need victory over death, right? We have two great enemies, sin and death, that are related to one another. On the cross, Christ defeats sin. In the resurrection, Christ overcomes and defeats death. But something you said about that, victory and really the cosmic scope of that. I think for me, that's what has changed the most in my understanding of Easter over the last, and, and the resurrection over the last probably five to seven years, is recognizing that cosmic scope and recognizing that all of the brokenness of this world, all of the suffering, all of the pain, all of the hurt, is wrapped up in that brokenness that Christ is declaring victory over. And there's something, um, there's something really gritty and practical, I think, about that when we live in a world that is full of such horrible evil, such horrible brokenness, mm. such serious suffering, to know that there is a God who is not just you know, giving us a ticket to heaven, right? Yeah. Um, but that there is a God who is restoring, overcoming all evil and restoring and renewing a world that is in desperate need of renewal. Um, and that one day he's going to ultimately finally make all things new. So the whole story of scripture is wrapped up in the death and resurrection of Christ and um, his perfect life and uh, his intercession now and his return in the future. Um, and all of that to me just is so poignantly 
pressed impressed upon my mind as we celebrate Good Friday and Easter. Yeah. You know, and maybe this is too simplistic. You can tell me if that, if that's the case, but it it feels like to me Christmas is the celebration of being left in awe that the infinite became human. Right? That the infinite became a man, the infinite entered into this world and just the mind-blowing nature of that. Um, and almost in a reverse kind of way, the Easter is the celebration and the remembrance of <clears throat> when this, this man experienced death and triumphed over it, over death, over sin, demonstrating the, the, the glory and in eternal nature, his, the glory of his eternal nature, um, and eternal not just in uh, time, Right, but in in scope and in, in every way, and I, Easter always just makes leaves me feeling really small and in awe uh, of the glory of God um, in that in that way, and it's 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 also why I think coming together to celebrate it it doesn't make me feel small. I mean, it, it leaves us, it leaves like us kind of together looking up at Him, um, captivated in that way. I, I mean, and. and some of it's even just the logistics of the timing of it and things like that. I always love Easter in uh, West LA because it's one of the holidays, one of the few holidays when less and less people uh, are gone. And like pr- probably the holiday where most, the, the most, the highest percentage of people are here in West LA. Yeah. It's unusual for us because normally Christmas is a big deal because everyone travels home and like they're, Different for us, places, yeah. Christmas is usually relatively small. Yeah, yeah. And calm. Yeah. Easter is the crazier time. Yeah, yeah. And and it's 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 a in that sense, just even logistically as a fun um celebration. That. What so I, I think I asked this question last year when we were maybe a few weeks into the pandemic and everything else. I asked the question of what's unique and and how does the celebration of how is the celebration of Good Friday and Easter special this year? And we, I think we reflected on it. We reflected on the nature of um, sadness and grief in Good Friday. We uh, reflected on the celebration of, of hope and the eternal promises of God. Um, I don't think at that point I could have even imagined that we'd be having exactly this conversation still uh, in this way now. So after that year, how is the celebration of Good Friday and Easter unique for you this year? In some ways, it's important in that it's not unique. Like in some ways, mm. I think it's important and what makes these things important and why the something like the church calendar or these holy days have been around at give or take the same time for millennia is because they set themselves up as not um contingent or like affected by the way the world around us moves and shakes and changes um there's something beautiful about the fact that good friday and easter last year this year the year before that and a thousand years ago were celebrating the exact same thing and that that thing can stand apart from 
the the ways that we can feel thrown around. Like here's in in I think it's Psalm forty, but uh, forty one of those um, one of the Psalms, <laughs> <laughs> as you guys like to say about Brian when he preaches. Somewhere in the Bible it says, um, but but it talks about David. Uh, uh, it talks about the going to the rock that's higher than I. There's kind of a sense that like the waters might come over my head, but they won't go over the head of this rock that's higher than me. So I'm going to, you've taken me up to this rock that's higher than I. Um, and that that's what Good Friday and Easter in some ways are meant to be, mm. are these recognitions that there's a rock higher than us that is not shaken when the rest of the world is shaken around you. And so in a weird way, the reason why they're different is the fact that they're not different. The, the, the way to celebrate them this year, at least in, in some part, yeah. is that they speak to the fact that some things don't change. Some things are anchored in eternity. And that God exists outside of the ways that we get thrown around and yet has entered in to that. So, that, I mean, we could talk a lot more about that, but that there's a way that he, uh, in Christ, has both experienced those things and resurrection, transcendence, you know, these sorts of things, um, exists above them. And he's the one that tells the waves to stop, right? So there's a way that um, this is an assertion of his, his solidity in the midst of a time that can feel not as solid, especially after a year. Mm. There's a lot more he, yeah. He's the one who is, has unflagging life in a time when we are tired of doing this this way. Mm. He's the, like, you keep going down the line, but there's a rock higher than us. And I think there's a way that that uh, constancy is something that is worth kind of pondering. Psalm 61. There it is. Psalm 61. Psalm 40 is, you set my feet upon the rock. Now I know. There it is. All right. I looked it up on the internet in case anyone thought I was like holier than Brian or something. Because we all know that holiness is measured by memory. They're both rock psalms. There, there's I, a rock in both. No, I. That sounds right. I said Psalm forty, and I didn't think that was quite it. That's the U two song. Forty. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Matt, Matt doesn't listen to popular music. No, no. no. <laughs> no. At this point, that's pretty old, isn't it? That's yeah. like really old. I, uh, I, I, I think you two is on the oldies channel. Like, I mean, no joke. When, when my kids, I mean, my kids love listening to the oldies station, you know, the good old oldies and the oldies are like the nineties. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it kind of mixes all together, right? It's like the Beatles and you two and yeah. Led Zeppelin. It's exactly. All the same. Exactly. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. It's like, he's flattened. Frankie Valley, yeah. like yeah. and in sync. <laughs> Duke Ellington. Yeah. It's like a hundred years of oldies. Yeah, I, I, for me, I think, um, I, I think what Brian said about the way that the, the pandemic and maybe how everyone's feeling are those, the brokenness of this year is really addressed head on in the the hope of um the resurrection that there is fragility to our world fragility to life and i think you said it well brian that there is this way that the whole world has been shaken up mm -hmm. and turned upside down and you realize how how unstable our world is and how you need a rock that's higher than you that will protect you and be a refuge for you from the the waves and you realize also that that um that hope of the resurrection speaks deeply and powerfully to those who've lost loved ones this year mm. um that there is hope for eternal life uh, that you um look around at the suffering and the hurt of the world around us and you look around at you know uh, not just you know the covid losses are significant but 
the way that the pandemic has impacted people um, and losing jobs and um, the the uh, honestly the brokenness of uh, political fault lines and um, relational brokenness and uh, you know we know there's all the horrible things of life that normally go on still happened this last year also. Um, And so you, you see those things, you see the the divorce and the death and the loss and the um, frustration and horrible tragedies. You see racism, you see um, just brokenness everywhere. And you realize we need an eternal hope for this broken and unstable world. And um, maybe maybe now people feel that more viscerally over the, after the last year. And so while Easter hasn't changed and the stability of God has not changed, he's the rock who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm -hmm. um, Our perspective of the need for Easter maybe has changed. Mm. Um, And I hope and pray that that's true. Um, And maybe that will be something that will be really powerful and helpful this year. And last year that we were so, it was so close to when everything shut down and it's like, uh, it was unclear what was going to happen and how long this was going to go, all these other things. So um, maybe the, the significant impact of that was not felt, even though we were in the midst of, Mm -hmm. uh, of that pandemic at the beginning. But um, I think that's, I think it's a powerful message, a needed one that's always needed. um, But particularly when so front and center to the world over the last year has been the suffering of people. Yeah. I appreciate that. Okay, so as we wrap up then. When are our services, by the way? We should probably mention when we're actually having the services. Yeah, absolutely. Good Friday service. We have a live stream and an in-person outdoor service, right? We do, and they're a little bit bit flipped from normal. Um, I've been working constantly on trying to like, nail these down and I'm the one who sent the email out and now I'm looking it up on my computer so that I don't get it wrong. So on the website it says the outdoor service is at 6 p.m. and the live streams at 7 30 p.m. That's, that's, that's for Good Friday. For that's Good right. Friday. Good Friday outdoor in person at 6, 6 p.m. p.m. It, It'll be like towards the time when the sun is going down yeah, ish. And, and then there'll be a live stream at 7 30 p.m. on Good Friday. Mm-hmm. So you can come in person. There's no child care. But children are welcome. Yeah. It'll be outdoors, 6 p.m. in the green space yeah. for a Good Friday, or there's a live stream Good Friday service at 7.30 p.m. Exactly. Okay. And there'll be an Easter. There'll be our live stream as normal at 8 a.m. And then we will have two outdoor services, one at 10 and one at 12. And if you have flexibility and have a choice, we'd probably encourage you to attend the 12. Uh, so we can have plenty of space. And um, and to be honest, it, we would encourage you, if you can, um, to join us in person, to worship together, to celebrate with us. We've been talking the last few weeks about why that's important. And we know um, different people can't for different reasons. And that's why we're going to continue to have the live stream. And we're, we're thankful for that. But um, this is uh, an opportunity, something we are looking forward to celebrating and would love to celebrate together in person with as many of you as we can. Um, so with that, as we wrap up, any, any specific just practical um, encouragements as to how people can celebrate this week? Um, maybe even preparing their hearts for those celebrations on Good Friday or Easter? 
Um, I know I didn't prep you with that question, so it's kind of like off the uh, top of your I've, head. But. So during this season of Lent, I've been reading through the the Gospels, um, and uh, I, I think just like sitting slowly with the stories of the um, betrayal and arrest and trial and crucifixion of Jesus and his resurrection, like that, those stories make up a significant portion of the gospels. Yeah. Um, because that portion of his life, that last week of his life was so central to his purpose for being on earth. Um, and so I, I think there's something just wherever you are at in your Bible reading plan or whatever you're doing, or if you don't even have one at all, I think it's a great opportunity to just sit with, um, and any of the gospels works to sit with the story and just go slowly through it, meditating on and trying to even put yourself there to think about the reality of what, what is taking place for you on your behalf by, um, by Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, mean, I think some people have, um, well, let me start that over. I, I think that usually advice on a topic like this tends to presume a lot of free time. Um, mm. You know, like in not because anyone's trying to, <laughs> to be mean yeah. or anything or, or insensitive, but just a lot of times it's like, um, here's, here's a, here's a long book to read. You know, here's like, yeah. here's extra, you know, uh, prayer questions to ask, or here's an extra. And, and those can be very helpful. Um, but I think, especially in this season when a lot of people are still, um, so, so some people do have extra time. Mm -hmm. And I think then it's worth saying, what can I, how can I use that time to take just this week and kind of have, have it thematically point me towards Friday and, and Sunday. Mm -hmm. How can I do that in a way that prepares me to go and meditate and learn and celebrate and enjoy? Um, and I think there's plenty of other people who, you know, maybe using my my own situation as an example. You know, there's there's a kid, a lot of kids. There's still school and Zoom. There's you know, I'm working. Chrissy's making phone calls all the time yeah. to various. You know, like, like, like there's all this stuff going on. Um, to and it's and we're out of sorts in that way where everything still feels kind of slammed together. Yeah. Um. And in those seasons, uh, I think the thing to to think about is how can I how can I take what I what I have? How can I take what I've been given and try and orient myself towards what's coming? Mm. Um, in some ways, something this sizable demands a certain kind of response um, that says busier. Like some things are just big enough where as as busy as you are, you're not going to get your brain off of them. Mm -hmm. You don't have a lot going on, but geez, there's just some things that are going to dominate your thought patterns. This is something of that size, but that doesn't always feel that dominant mm. and can easily get lost in the busyness of the season and trying to find ways to make it that dominant again, where it's not that you are taking three hours a day and doing this, that, or the other, mm -hmm. but that you are taking what Bible reading you have, like Matt said, and trying to angle it to help you appreciate these things, to help you meditate on these things, or just trying to, uh, the, the phrase I was using was pick up the penny. You know, like if you need a hundred dollars and someone gives you a penny, you kind of want to pass it by because it feels like a pittance compared to what you need. Mm -hmm. But you should still pick it up because you're closer to one hundred dollars than you were before. Mm -hmm. And in the same way here, like you might have a few scant minutes. Um, don't pass them by. Move your mind and your heart towards these things, even if it's for thirty seconds, sixty seconds, one hundred and twenty seconds. Mm -hmm. um, you do that enough throughout the day, and you're going to find yourself on Friday and on Sunday uh, more available to be moved by these things, to see what they mean about God and you, 
to see how they color the very things that you're so busy with um, and matter to those things. And so that's, that's what I would say is if you're really busy, pick up the penny and angle this week towards Friday and Sunday as with whatever God's given you to be available. That's a great, that's a great reminder. As you were talking, it it makes me think of one of my kids' birthdays. Just one of them? Yeah, just just one of them. Uh, <laughs> my Who favorite. needs a parenting conference when you have this? That's right. Um, <laughs> my, my, my just just my favorite. No, but, I feel you. Uh, we, but your your kid's birthday only comes around once a year, and so when it does, you you celebrate, and, and the weeks leading up to it, and the moments leading up to it, you're thinking about it, right? Your 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 thoughts are are geared towards it, and I think sometimes this is the type of celebration that you can say, okay, you know what? I'll just show up on Sunday or I'll just like think about it on Sunday, but it doesn't, it doesn't captivate me throughout the week. It's, it's not, Oh, oh wait, how, do, how am I preparing? How am I thinking about um, this celebration? And it all, it does only happen once a year. And so it's, it is a unique opportunity for us to do exactly that, right? To take the time out, whether it's in deep study and meditation or whether it's just in the small moments to, uh, organize our, our, our thoughts to recalibrate our thoughts to that. Um, and, and I would encourage you to uh, please prioritize celebrating with us, prioritize celebrating with us on Friday, prioritize celebrating with us if possible, if at all possible in person on Easter Sunday. Um, and we don't say that. I mean, honestly, it, it, it's n- neither here nor there for us. I mean, we do long to see you, but we, we say that because we think it's what you need to hear. Um, and we're going to have our live streams for both as well. And, you know, don't just like say, well, I'll, I'll see if, uh, you know, I'll see if I'm free. I'll see if I'm able, like prioritize that, right? Make it appointment, um, appointment television. <laughs> not that all of a sudden that's where I was going. It's not where I wanted to go, but, right. But prioritize it, carve it out of your schedule so that, one way or another, we can celebrate together these incredible eternity-changing uh, celebrations of Good Friday and the death of Jesus and of his resurrection, the uh, overcoming of sin and death and demonstrating of his eternal glory and power um, here on earth. And so we look forward to celebrating that with you. Um, we can't wait one way or another. Yeah. Did we say what time the Easter services were? We did. Oh, eight, we did. Eight, eight live stream, 10 okay. and 12 in person. Perfect. Okay. Just making sure. Awesome. Now you got them again. Yeah. And we will see you virtually or in person on Friday and Sunday. Have a good week. <laughs>